Good evening, Toronto Maple Leaf hockey fans. It's Leafs Talk, winning a playoff series edition. Somewhere there's a child who was born the last day the Toronto Maple Leafs won a playoff game, and he or she can now go out and have their first delicious legal drink and celebrate a first-round victory. The Toronto Maple Leafs get it done. They get a bounce. Lightning. On to the second round, baby. Let's go. How are we feeling, fellas? Sammy, I got to start with you. I, I am euphoric. I'm absolutely over the moon, thrilled that that happened. I didn't believe for one second throughout this whole game that they were going to win. I thought that I truly had zero belief until that puck trickled over the blue, uh, the goal line so beautifully. The captain fires it in. It's an incredibly euphoric feeling for me, for Leafs Nations, for everyone that's texting me right now. It's just a weight has been lifted off an entire fan base. It's an incredible feeling for everybody watching the stream. I already got a couple of Habs fan guys tweet me, be like, get enjoy getting swept in the second round. Yeah, take a hike, pal, because we're in the second <laughs> round. I've actually had the opposite experience. Like, my phone is melting down. Like, I yeah, have yeah. getting every – it seems like every person I've ever come in contact with is texting me right now about the Strong yes. Police. And I will say that, to me anyways, my experience right now has even been other hockey fans and sports fans – understanding what this means and mm. what this is yeah. i know that listen it's an easy punchline for people to make like you're celebrating a first round win like the stanley cup 19 years okay you're allowed to celebrate this you're allowed to be thrilled with this yeah. they, you have to win a first round to win a stanley cup okay now they're going to recalibrate all the goals this is the beauty of winning this round for god's sakes is that you don't have to treat a first round like a stanley cup but they got this one they're moving on. And yeah, man, the, the horns are honking outside. People yes. are horned up. It's a thrilling night for the city of Toronto. I cannot wait to immerse myself in it. Yeah. You know, like being here for the last 10 years, the, including the, you know, it was 4-1 game and all that. And seeing what people have gone through, hosting a Maple Leaf show. And, you know, every every time something good has happened to a Leafs fan for the past 10 years or the last few years, if someone's on Twitter telling them that it doesn't matter because they can't win in the playoffs or whatever, this just ended. I, you know, our boy, the Oak Leaf, shout out to him for uh, a lot of great entertainment over the years, tweeted that mm -hmm. this isn't joy. This is the first movement after being constipated for a very long time. This is just relief <laughs> and a new beginning here. Just a greasy I, nugget. <laughs> <laughs> fitting for that goal, too. Uh, perfect just, goal, honestly. I, Isn't that the perfect way that they're going to win it, though? Like, Leafs didn't get a shot for the final 13-23 of the third period. So mm -hmm. you can excuse any Leaf fan for feeling a little down the dumps. That was their first shot of overtime. They went almost a full period without getting a shot on Andre Vasilevsky, and it's a squeaker. It's a bounce. And this feels a little bit like the other two Tampa games, but what have we always been saying for the Leafs, right? What has made you feel like you're cursed. It's feeling like the Toronto Maple Leafs just cannot get a bounce in a big moment, right? They can't yes. get goaltending in a big moment. They can't win a closeout game. And tonight, here they do it on the road in John Cooper's stupid face. They get a bounce, they get some goaltending, and it's on to the second round on the stick of their captain. It's poetic. Yeah, it uh, John, yeah. that's the amount of goals you scored in game six, buddy. One. One goal <laughs> yeah. in game six. One goal for oh, John. one goal in game six. Oh. And yeah, you know what? The, here's, guess what? The number of real cups you have, zero. That's right, yeah. zero real cups. Uh, the bubble doesn't count. And then you beat the Montreal Canadiens in the Stanley Cup final, and they're in your conference. That didn't yeah. count. Zero yeah. real cups, John. One, two, zero. That's zero. Leafs, same Sorry. split in the two teams in the playoffs now, okay? Leafs, split with the Tampa. Okay, it, this is such a weird game, right? Because it's like, it's euphoric and the Leafs for so long, it was just, you know, tight butts waiting for the inevitability. That's what I mean about the joy of this moment is like, I, I bet you there's a lot of people right now. Like I sell, I jumped up off the couch. I obviously leapt into this chat room. Couldn't wait to talk to you guys. Started just like firing out tweets, promoting the show. But there is a part of me that it's like, I don't know what to do here. I'm like Will Ferrell in Talladega Nights. Hands? I, <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands because I've never been here before. I don't know what this is like. I've done the loser show a billion times. I've lived yeah. the loser show. Bro, at the loser show. In misery after they blew 4-1. This is just a completely, yeah, new experience essentially. Yeah. What's crazy is the entire generation of Leaf fans. 
You know, you know what the big difference is to me in this series and in these overtimes is the thing that beat them in the past is the big mistake from someone green. And they went and got a bunch of veteran guys do it the right way. They played super conservative. Like you mentioned, no shots. Well, they're on the defensive side of everything, you know, no, no four check aggressiveness. They just didn't want to make the big one. And you throw a few at the net and hope this is your year. By God, three in Tur- in Tampa, which Cooper was like pretty incredible to win three in Toronto. If we get this done, it's like no, there's three in Tampa where they were awfully good all season. I, I, it's you know, it's you were talking about. I don't know what to do with my hands here, and like I, you know, I'm coming on here and I'm supposed to do analysis of this game, and it's like I don't even really know what happened. Like I'm sitting there with my <laughs> shirt like this the entire game. Like what happened in the game? Like I, I, yeah. my fandom of this. It was really, really hard to stay like in the moment of like trying to ana- ana- uh, analyze what's going on because it's mm. it was on a knife's edge. This game, it was such yeah. a tight butthole game the whole way through. Every puck, there was a war for every single puck. There wasn't a lot of crisp breakouts either way. There wasn't a lot of great like offensive chances. This is mm-hmm. just the type of game that they always lose. Like the yeah. big game, these elimination games that we always talk about. These are the ones they lose when it's a one goal game. They can't get anything to the front of the net. How many slot shots did they have in the second half of that game? Zero? One? Yeah. Like it felt like they Not had many. nothing. So it's no. just, it's such a weird feeling, Bunk. And I agree. Like, here come my hand. I, I don't know what to do with these things. Like, it's like, I just, it was such a wild way for them to win that game. Do you know when it's going to sink in? I think for a lot of people, because like, obviously, people are going to go out, have drinks tonight. They're going to meet up with people. You're going to have calls with your loved ones you're going to say you can't believe it but i do think that the beauty of this is actually going to come tomorrow morning when you wake up and you open your eyes and you get to look at the internet and it's like good content of your team winning Mm. and good clips of whatever whoever steals the podium right now and has the quote right somebody's going to say something like they doubted us blah blah blah. that's going to get plastered across every instagram tiktok feed Twitter page and you're just going to get to sit there and not feel like a loser for following this hockey team. <laughs> just that one morning you get to wake up, you get to sip your coffee tomorrow and just <laughs> hopefully, honestly, hopefully guys listening, you banged out five stars on this sucker yeah. because you're a good person. You got good karma and you're just sitting there and enjoying winning, enjoying this experience. Yeah. Finally, this core gets one done. And now we get to see if the theory pays off, right? Now we get to see if the theory is true, which is, hey, if the Leafs come the first round, what are they mm-hmm. going to look like in this one? Are, is this going to be the monkey off their back scenario that a lot of people have been predicting? And so I got to ask you guys now for like a little bit of the actual analysis of the game. Borny, yeah. I'll start with you, Sammy. You know, you're watching through a yeah. t-shirt. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> 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 watching, eyes closed with his analysis. Borny. <laughs> How much of what you saw tonight was a team that was playing, you know, a tight conservative road game versus a team that wasn't playing very well or potentially choking a bit? Because again, it, it is hard to note that that third period, they gave up a lead and were outshot 11 to four and yeah, didn't get a shot on net for the final 13 minutes of the period. Like how much of that do you think goes away into a next round where a lot, man, how there's a ton of pressure off these players. Like that's just a fact for sure. No, it's a massive amount. It's a good question. You know, you mentioned, uh, you know, sort of in our group chat about that. My, my first thought, this is the first game of the series. I was like, they kind of look tired. Like it's Mm -hmm. been a lot. It's been a lot of pressure and a lot of effort and overtime games. And this game didn't have the zest of some of the earlier games in the series or the animosity. Like, it was guys working hard in every battle than getting to the bench, right? No extra energy after whistles for the shenanigans. Really, it felt like how we kind of forecast the series going, where it's insane for the first couple games. Remember, it's like, you got to have Shen in for the first couple, and then he turns into Bobby Orr, and you can never take him out again. You know, but More like, Shen. I know. The series did settle in in a different way. Yeah. And yeah, this game, whether they were tired or clamming up in the moment or whatever it was, you know, we've said when you look at the numbers 0 and 10, 0 and 11, whatever you want to say for this group, crazy they didn't get one game where their goalie just played great, yeah, where their mm-hmm. goalie played exceptionally well and they got a bounce. And that's the story of the game to me. They made no big mistakes. Samsonov was exceptional tonight. Amazing. And you know what? 
not just on the saves, not pushing out of his crease. He looked controlled. He froze pucks. You know, they, they got a goalie game. The, the guy you want to score scores you a big one, and then you just kind of left it up to the gods, and you got one for once. I, I thought I thought he was obviously brilliant, but I thought they did an excellent job of blocking shots too. Like I, I just yeah. feel like there was a lot of moments, Matthews in particular, on the forward side of things, Geo, of course, but, you know, Shen blocking, like, the block shots in this game, it felt like they did a really, really good job of doing that. Like they're and that Ooh, box out right there by Shen Ooh. is amazing. Yeah, Shen Shen coming Shen back and getting his that's absurd. Yeah. Shen, so I was it's it's a no, huge difference they've had in the years past. Yeah. So I was yeah. just impressed with their ability to block shots. And you know, I don't think I wouldn't say it was an easy night for for Samsonov by any stretch of the imagination. Obviously, he was excellent, but I'm sure when Keith gets asked in the post game. He'll be like, yeah, he had a, he was excellent. He was exceptional for it, but I thought our four, our guys did a good job of blocking shots and kind of limiting the middle of the ice. So I was just, you know, I'm caught between what you asked Borny there too, Bonk, about, uh, you know, is this a gritty road game or is this them being tight butthole and getting a bounce? Like, I really don't know which side of it I'm on, but they finally got the results, so it just doesn't matter, which is nice. Hey, because if they had you know, lost this game, you know what we would have been saying? That they yeah, did just to say that and, and here's what i would say you know what the beauty of tonight is now we get to actually find out <laughs> like now yeah. we get the answers now we yeah. get to find out if tonight was a tight butthole game and they loosen up in a series against boston or florida uh <laughs> but yeah just oh boy i can't believe it and I'll, I'll say this man i i was higher on samsonov than you guys i think a little mm -hmm. bit like they block shots yes, luke shen boxing guys out but Borny, the confidence that he was playing with tonight, I think that that had to give the team a little bit of an added boost. In some of those moments, yeah. knowing that he was back there, not sliding around, that he was just, like, how many rebounds did he give up in this game, right? Like, there was the yeah. one that he kind of picked out to Stamkos that was a little bit dangerous that I remember. But for the most part, he was just controlled in the net. And, Sis, I don't know if you have his first round, or sorry, his first period saves, but that is the one to me. Is like, you're on the road. Like, if we're going to talk about gritty road win, you're on the road, and Tampa once again comes out with the better punch than Toronto. Like, they have all series long, and it's predictable. But what happens that's different than in years past? Toronto does not concede the first goal in the game, and their goaltender is spectacular in the first. Like, his best saves in the game came when Toronto was at their most rickety, and their yeah. goaltender makes, like, I want to say, like, three, maybe two, three really, really tough saves to keep them in it. And so... To me, this is just a hats off to Samson off moment. Absolutely. The Leafs have their guy. And again, I hate trying to get too ahead of myself. I really want to live in the moment here. But how many goalies in the playoffs is good about, about their guy as Ilya Samsonov after that game? Like Boston, yeah. they don't know a net for them in game seven. And here's Samsonov, like right there again, boom, getting that. He's healthy, baby. That guy's healthy and he's making big saves. <laughs> Confident. He had ghosts, which he probably did. And I think we saw a little bit in the early series. He may have shored a lot of those up, man. Like, I'm feeling great about 35. Yeah. Yep. No, no that, that went a long way for everyone, I think. You know, there was a number of things that you kind of needed to go well for the team tonight that did. Some that didn't. The power play didn't go well, and that was one of the storylines. Mm -hmm. But, you know... Let's be real. They made aggressive lineup changes going into tonight, going with 11 and seven, taking out Aston Reese and, uh, and Lafferty, Lafferty, you know, yeah. you know, putting in Lilligren and Gustafson, Gustafson, not great on the goal against, you know, not a particularly great play there, but see him again. <laughs> I thought bunting was fantastic. Like the life bunting gave them Lilligren was really good to me. Yeah. Like a, a big question for game one, but we'll get to that much later. Uh, I just thought that two of those changes, Lilligren and Bunting, made a big difference. Just to, you could see the difference of fresh legs in a series where everyone else is tired. I I think you got to give credit to Keith for that adjustment big time. Like it's you know we were making fun of him before the game. You know the classic Tinkerbell situation where he's like I live to tinker. You go eleven and seven, and you're literally tinkering the whole game. How many different line combinations do they have tonight? A hundred. Like it just Six felt out. like every shift had different guys going out there, which sometimes I don't like, but. Your big boys played a lot, and that's what you needed in a game like this. But for him to, you know, sit down Hall, who was a guy that is much maligned, but that's a guy he's come up with a long time, and then to put in two ice-cold guys and, you know, take out two guys that have been contributing all right in the bottom six, it was a lot of big stones moves for him to pull before this game, and I'm happy that they paid off for him because if they had gone the other way, 
it, the, you know, the conversation about him tinkering and over tinkering and Gustafson going into that game and him being bad on their only goal against in regulation. Like obviously mm. the conversation would have been a lot different, but yeah, I, I don't think I want to see Gustafson much more. I wouldn't say fellas. Uh, I think I would be good with him not playing anymore, but I did like Lilligren and I think Lilligren is definitely a factor for the second round. Like there's a couple plays where he just had the puck in his yeah. stick and went North. And I was like, Oh, I was like, oh, you're allowed to, like, oh, one of the least defensemen's allowed to do that. They're allowed to pick up the puck and skate it up to the neutral zone and get it in deep. I'm like, oh, that's allowed, eh? Didn't need him to miss on a, you know, on a rush wide side and wrap it back for a two-on-one. Could have done without that play, but that's pretty good. Yeah. Like, that that play almost broke him. But you're right. I think that it's a balance for me, and I'm not trying to get it away. I think that it was pretty painfully obvious at this point that he had to make a move with Hall, and Mm -hmm. he got to, yeah, just an untenable situation at this point, but still going 11 and seven and then having the experience to be able to blend your lines together throughout the game and throw different mixed matches. I guess like this is what the regular season was for, for a team that was always quote unquote, using it as a practice, right? Getting guys familiar with each other, changing up the situations. And so, yeah, you're right. We made fun of all the Tinkerbell stuff, but ultimately it did work. And Borny, like I, I do wonder how much of that too plays a bit of a psychological effect in those moments where, you do have some experience, some chemistry with those guys, but also, again, things feel different and you're not getting stuck just waiting. You got to stay alert. You're on your toes. Anything to that? Yeah, for sure. Well, I just, you know, and I said this uh, on our show on Friday, just that the one thing about 11 and 7, if you do it, is there's no line that goes over the boards where you're like, it's a punt line, a punt shift. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. when you have 11 guys and bunting goes back in, I mean, the worst line you can throw out there, like the worst one is like Kerfoot, Achari, and Camp. Like it's a pretty good line. That's the worst you can do. So you end up with just a lot of, you're, you ask more of guys. So maybe it puts you at a disadvantage come game seven. But I thought you saw Matthews get a look with a lot of guys. Matthews won a lot of puck battles tonight, you know, helped a lot of team, you know, his line stay in the ozone when they could. Uh, yeah, there's an element to staying alert, but I just thought it allowed them to make a lot of better lines with better players. Hundred percent. It's just you guys like, stick with it. Uh, no. Ask ask me. Ask me the morning of game one. I don't know. I I <laughs> I don't think so. I think this was I kind of a nuclear situation. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was a nuclear right. situation where you just kind of like this is a massive game for everyone's reputation and everyone's careers here, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. make a big time curveball and go with something, and it, it worked for him. So I don't think I want to do it too many times going forward. Like once you get into the start of another series, you know, you want to establish lines and like maybe later in it, you do it again, but not to start game one. Tavares gets the OT winner, all this heat, all the money that Mm. comes to Toronto, he gets one. Man, that's big. Let's let's go over that shift because I think there's so like, I I want to do the two shifts of the game now for the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is first of all, Tavares, Nyes and Ryan signing for the game winner but then after that let's do Matthews and what was his shift of the season but like man we were texting Nyes really could have worn it in this game because of turnover that he makes on the boards on the goal against right instead of just chipping it out and here he is sorry pal yeah like I yeah Borning maybe just walk us through this shift I thought Shen, you know, big play to keep it in. Like, Nye is able to just be strong enough to ward guys off. But here's Tavares moving his feet. You know, like, he looks pretty fresh in OT. He's able to keep it around the outside, keep it in the zone. That and play. Nye's body position, like, they're moving. Great their- cycle. It's it. And then Riley goes to the front of the net. Like, they got the, the defense involved, and that's something that they've been badly missing, is just getting that from the back end. Morgan Riley involved in everything in this series. Yeah. First star of the series by 10 miles. Morgan Riley. Dude, oh my god. I'm so that. happy. I, I love I love the hustle by Tavares on that shift, just like never giving up on the play. Borny, you said that, hey, the Leafs look tired at points in this game. I agreed. Especially early on. I just it didn't seem like they had their legs. Maybe they found them a little bit later in the hockey game, especially the second where, you know, I thought that the Leafs were better. That was their best period of the game. But for yeah. Tavares to just stay hard on that puck, to track it down, and mm-hmm. then do what I think like you really want from it. He's not the fastest player, right? But he uses his body so well. And behind yeah. the net, like those are John Tavares staples. And he turns and scores that goal. You know how he's able to get it in too, is he fakes a cut in with his left shoulder. Like he dropped in before he turns back to shoot that. It's enough to get Sorelli out of the lane for him to get the puck through to the net. And then yeah, Kyle Dubas full WWE. Oh my God. Flex it out. Oh, look at him. 
That, he's like, you know, I just made a million dollars per year on my next deal. Easy with that. I it just, I love, this is what makes playoff hockey so beautiful mm-hmm. and what you've, you know, what they've lacked so much in the last, however long. It's just this one singular moment in one game that brings so much joy and you can always reflect on it and you can always look back like this will go down in history with all these goals that you've always think about like you know gary volk nikki borchess like all these goals and it's just this one singular moment where the puck just trickles in over the that just makes hundreds of hundreds of millions of people over the moon happy like it's just it's amazing like there's not many other sports like that where it's just like one singular moment in a game can just change everything it just i i could cry that moment's just so beautiful it's such a beautiful moment seeing the fans light up down at maple leaf square oh all i can think of is like a lot of times you'd see on twitter like the younger fan base being really upset by Mm -hmm. i think like there's a bit of an older divide and like you and i were in high school when the leafs won a playoff series so it's not like we can't really speak to this as much but Look at that. When the Leafs would have all these regular season accomplishments and some people would kind of slough them off and it was viewed as negativity. It's like, well, guess what? Now, you know, right? Cause now you do have one of those moments that you're talking about. Like now, yeah. you know, that that feels way different than when Austin Matthews scores a third goal in a regular, like in a regular season game or Marner's yeah. one point of a hundred, right? Like that is the moment you're going to carry. And I, I actually really, really, really am thrilled for like the old school, uh, like long-term diehard fans of this team that have Mm -hmm. just suffered for so long that have actually turned into full-blown sickos where they're just like, whatever, lose, because then I'm right and I'll be happy with that. You know, like (laughs) I've been poisoned over years and years of losing. But I'm also just happy for the young fans that have just not seen any success that got turned on to hockey with the excitement of this young core and the promise of this team and what's to come Mm -hmm. and finally man there's just a moment like finally Tavares delivers on that one it just feels massive tonight dude it's just it's such a sweet feeling it It, it is is. and you know like for years there's been such a promise of good process and people were so sick of that like being promised that like it's coming things are going well where we outplayed them in overtime no one cared no one cared if the Leafs outshot them 600 to 1 and lost 1 nothing they wouldn't have cared they needed to win and you know for Sheldon Keith for you know everyone who's been invested in this thing who has to argue about sports with anyone it yeah. always came back to yeah but the results aren't there so you're right good good for everyone to have that yeah, <laughs> yeah like if i had to hear learning experience one more goddamn time like it's a learning experience i'd be like yeah. i think we're done learning here how about yeah. we apply our learning like it's a learning <laughs> right. experience it's go. done yeah, Could like, you imagine had... if they did the Giannis Attentacumbo at the podium? Oh, where they, like, yeah, the step on the way like, to the kind of failure. <laughs> Johnny, oh, Johnny Cooper probably will. He'll probably be no. like, ah, better. He'll probably be like, better team lost. He's like, I thought we were better all series, you know, blah, hey. blah, blah. I guarantee he's going to be putting on a show. Guess what? I, I think that there's actually some beautiful irony to the Leafs finally winning a series in which they were outplayed like pretty conclusively. I don't know how anybody could come away from this saying that the Leafs were the better team. They outplayed them like that is playoff hockey. They were able to get this done. And I would say this, I wonder now if Sheldon Keefe feels like the respect in the handshake line was actually different this time around where they actually beat those guys. Cause like that had to feel good is the handshake line for Sheldon when he went across and went, you do not get to be my daddy, John Cooper. <laughs> not today. <laughs> not today. You will not be my father. I, I have won this series. No, it's great. Um, okay. From from a go, this is going to say from a Tampa perspective, they probably have to be a little bit shell shocked. Like they, you know, they were had leads late in multiple games, like in those uh, this game what three and four in their building where they absolutely blew one in game four. They get tying game uh, tying goal late in game three. And they, they carried the play for a long stretch of this series. Many moments of this series, they were the much better team. And they lose in six games. That's just what's so crazy about playoff hockey. And the Leafs have ne- never gone that way, like you said. So it's pretty remarkable. They're probably feeling pretty shell-shocked over there. How high on the play of the series list is Bunting taking a suspension? Very high. Worked out, worked out pretty good. Very high. If I had to rank the plays of the series right now, I would say number one is obviously Tavares' game winner because mm-hmm. it just has to be because that's what you'll remember. Two will be Matthews' right. first goal because 
it just it was a brilliant shift by Matthews. We'll walk through it and that. But I would say, yeah. yeah, three three is Michael Bunting suspension. Like that's what you'll remember it for. Bunting got suspended number three. Uh, like the comeback, I guess you could argue no, would be the ahead Riley, of yeah, the Riley goals probably. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, and the old Riley punch in. Like, yeah, maybe it's lower. Maybe I, I maybe I threw it up there for effect. It's a lot of big moments in yeah. the series, yeah. like multiple bunting, massive moments. When Bunting rang it off the crossbar, oh. that was his Justin Hall complete narrative hero of the yeah. city swing. Yeah. Like, how different is this playoff series for Justin Hall if when he snaps that one that goes off the post goes in the net as an OT winner? And same thing for Michael Bunting, where it's like the suspended guy who goes. Up. He ripped was that, that the hardest shot of the series. Yeah. Ripped he, it off the bottom bar. Yeah, I, that thing was going a million miles per hour. I'm surprised yeah. it didn't shatter the crossbar. Like I cracked <laughs> it, and they had to replace the net. It was so yeah. hard. He wrung it off of it, and I went, "Man, you were so close. You were so close to a legacy shifter." Okay, um, I think it's pretty clear that with five goals in the series, that and the way that he played, Austin Matthews has completely shifted his narrative like there's no longer a loser he was the best player for the Leafs for throughout this series Marner was really good too like Marner definitely deserves a lot of credit I think like a little bit more unheralded than Matthews but Matthews tonight it just felt like a guy who wasn't gonna let this game escape him and can we run the shift and let's have Bourne rock us through this one because this is a big boy big boy big boy shift for us the theme of his game tonight was one puck battles or he's just like the stronger guy when he goes into into battles good d side positioning you know obviously he's he was really responsible on that too jd you talked about him blocking a lot of shots and stuff too i know spent more time in the d zone than you like but you know handles the breakout here that's a big play right there right one of the ones where you get a play on the right end of the rink make a play under the triangle like I just thought when he's moving his feet with the size and his physicality, no one can hang with him. So he has shifts where he can control the play and he's poised, you know, puts a guy on his back, couple of cuts. You know, this is where they've, they've struggled to get to the inside and that's a nice play. Hey, the Marner pass there, actually getting open for it, but he, he stayed on the D side and that allowed him to be up there. Another heater. Didn't realize he yeah. had multiple heaters in the same shift. Oh, and then such a lot. Yeah. Nice, nice play by Brody there, not to let it let yep. exit the zone too. Like doesn't bobble it, gets catches it clean, and make Huge sure point. that Matthews gets that, it. That is a all world shift. Uh, yeah. That is like how how long was he on the ice there, and how long was the puck on his stick? And like the 90%, whole play starts on the zone, multiple yeah. shot attempts. You're right. Yeah. The Brody plays big to keep that in, but man, I thought I thought for a guy that we thought was having some issues in this series, thought Brody was a lot better than he'd been. In other, series, other games tonight, just yeah. thought he was much much quieter, and like the the puck wasn't as much as a grenade as it had been for, with him yeah. recently in the series. I thought he was much just better tonight. To, just to keep going on Matthews, though, this there's a couple things with this shift. I, I thought two things. This one actually reminds me of like not to go way too big with this, but Marshawn Lynch, the Beast Quake, where if you look at the clip of like how many Tampa guys had an opportunity over the course of his shift yeah. to take the puck off of him. And who actually make physical contact with him where like nothing happens to Matthews. Like when he breaks open for that first shot attempt, a Tampa player just gets completely trying to go toe to toe with him physically ends up on his ass. I don't, I don't know who it is. I, I didn't clock it there in the shift, but through the amount of times in the clip that a Tampa player has an opportunity to either bump him off the puck mm-hmm. or like strip it from him or make him bobble it. And it just never happens the entire shift. And so to me, uh, if you're a Leaf fan and you want to get like real crazy with this and you want to do the sweet move of also pissing off Vancouver, you call that the shift, just like they do with the Sedins, right? Where <laughs> oh, they yeah. have their like that, that one to me is that's the shift for Austin Matthews. That's the biggest moment of his playoff career. As much as it was brilliant watching him lead them to that back. This is a game yeah. that was not up at zeros. They couldn't get anything going. Leafs had essentially no offense and he put them on their back for a shift and he did what like, mm-hmm. Yeah, the greatest players in the game do. And if they go on a run, which, God, you hope they can now, yeah, Mm -hmm. that one will be at the very top of whatever highlight pack he has in the series because it's just a brilliant, brilliant, big, that big poppy shift. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, five goals in the four last four games of the series, you know, a number of plays where, you know, you mentioned using the size and all that, like looking like a playoff performer. So you do hope that he feels a little bit freed up by this and, you know, it affects things going into the next series. The The bar got low enough here that it feels like, you know, not exactly house money, but 
you're pretty comfortable yeah. with, you know, yeah. with, you know, you're not going to get called a choking dog if you lose, lose to the Bruins. Yeah. Oh man. I can't wait to watch that game seven tomorrow night. No, well, it's that's just fun, like, right? Just knowing you're through yeah, and getting to yeah. watch other people squirm. Just get, get the feet up and just, you know, get to watch that. It's a beautiful thing. Although it goes up against succession, which is a little bit tough, but other than that, it should be yeah, fine. But okay. The question, because that, that is very relevant topic here. Um, would you rather face the team that's clearly better in the Boston Bruins, but now mm. has goal? and is sort of spinning out of control and they would have home ice, but you just won a series where you won three of your games on the road or the Panthers team that now has the unbelievable sense of self-belief because they've come back in a series and got red hot at the right time and are getting good goaltending and kind of playing with that actual freewheeling house money mentality that they will have. Like I, I do, I, I think uh, that this is actually shockingly a question to me more than what I would uh, yeah, give me the cats. <laughs> Meow. Yeah, I definitely want the team that set the record for wins in the history of the league, who has yeah. always owned the Leafs in the playoffs. Yeah, that's yeah. who I want. That was well, a stupid question. <laughs> what are you talking no, about? But listen, I had the conversation Meow. myself today too, Monk, where I was like, I don't know, Boston's a little older. They're having goaltending oh, problems. Florida's finding it. No, you don't galaxy brain. You want it to be Florida, yeah. but. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I guess we, they got a they, chance against either one. Exactly. I here, yeah, they got a chance against either one. I will I'll just say that I when that game ends and if Florida does find a way to win it and they have all that momentum and Kachuk is doing the thing in the dressing room that we've been getting the clips of. Yeah. My fear will kick in immediately again. Like it will not be, wow, the Leafs got these fluky losers that they're going to absolutely dominate. But that being said, here's the difference in why I definitely want Florida is Toronto should a thousand percent beat the Florida Panthers. And if they lose that series, they are back to being choking dogs. Like they should not be taking the pressure off the, they should not be taking the pedal off the, or the foot off the pedal here. Like this is insane. Hopefully like, again, I want everyone to enjoy this moment and fans get to be different, right? Like we're not on the team here. All right. And I think, I know people confuse that because they all feel like they're a part of the curse and we all sat in the right chair tonight, but we're not. So you get to enjoy this differently than Leafs do. But yeah, my God, the criticism will be right back if they sit back and rest on their laurels and look like a bad hockey team and get bounced in the second round. Like, I don't know what those conversations will be for a different day, but yeah, the job ah, is clearly not yeah. done here for me. Yeah. <laughs> don't uh, remind people that now. No, yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is great. Oh, it's all great. <laughs> <laughs> it's all great. Okay, yeah. can, can I say, all right, can we do a little bit of the thing that does worry me now from this series? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Um, and why I absolutely want to play Florida because I think that Boston will do this much better is Toronto just really seemed to have a tough time through every game with Tampa's forecheck and getting pucks out of their own end. And, and I know that the goal against is Matthew Nyes and it's the young guy and they say that's the rookie mistake, but born like back to this, it's kind of the same question that we ask a little bit off the top, but a bit different because it's more of a focused area. Like the zone exits not being clean and yeah. not like taking away a lot of their opportunities to establish offensive zone time and be themselves. I, I do wonder how much of this is like gripping it too tight. Cause there's clearly the times where there's grenades and it's like bad passing, but there's a lot of this of theme at this point that not go away. One of the things that Keith and the Leafs really like to do is they like to send a winger, like an aggressive winger on the breakout because it forces the other team's D to pull back. You can't just let someone go. And that should, in theory, kind of create space to break out underneath by sending someone. The problem is they sent someone and they often sent two guys. And then they tried to do the stretch pass for a tip, which ended up being icing and they'd get stuck in their own end. They must have iced the puck. I don't know. 40 times set, in that series. They set the world record for it was, icings in that, yeah. period, in that, so that like, series. There was no support underneath. Guys were flying the zone and they kept, you know, they didn't want to make the cutesy play to the, you know, in front of the net or anything and risk turnover. So they kept going for the stretch and tip and they really had no success with that. So I don't know. They may want to look at, you know, staying in the zone and a little bit more low support and coming up as a five-man unit. I guess it depends what the forecheck is like of which team they draw, but in this series, they really struggled. And that mm-hmm. that's why possession stayed in their end so much. 
icings. You know, they tried to do the stretch and tip mm. and couldn't complete anything. Yeah. They that was, short that was very clear. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, it, you're right. They set the record. It's just painful watching how many times they do it and how often it's like, yeah, they're getting hemmed in. And then it feels like they have to make a desperate play to get it out. And then all of a sudden the other coach gets to make the advantageous matchup against the tired group. And yep. it feels like it does I, lead to a lot of that. But Tampa so, is so good in the neutral zone being above those guys. There's, there was no room downfield. Quarterback could not throw a completion when the yeah. receivers were so covered. I don't know mm-hmm. that Florida's D, old Mahura and Uyghur and Gudis and those guys are going to do the same job. So if, you're, if we're talking about things Boston's, that – if they things that – yeah, the Boston's got pretty good decor. Uh, yeah. Things that are worrying me a little bit, uh, Ryan O'Reilly – definitely has like something going on with his hand again. Like we saw the shot before the game. You saw the shot before the game and he's had his splint on his finger and he got absolutely cleaned out in the draws tonight. I I, I don't think he won a draw. And at the end of the game, like with a minute left, his line was out there with Achari and Achari took one of the biggest draws of the game and he was on the ice. And it was like, holy crap. Like that is a massive factor and not yeah. to, I didn't even really mean to use his nickname there. <laughs> oh, but that's it's a, cute. Yeah, but it's a massive factor. Like his draw wins were yeah. huge for them on multiple big goals in this series, and his ability to be around the net and batting down pucks and everything. I like I, him getting cleaned out on the draw is a pretty scary thing for me going into the next round, considering who Boston has at center ice, maybe like the best faceoff guy of all time, Patrice Bergeron. They didn't win any draws though. The, the no. D zone faceoff losses. I wrote D zone faceoff loss down in my book. I don't know. I don't know how many times over and yeah. over and over again. And they didn't even cover off in them very well. Major concern. If you're planning on icing the puck 20 yeah. times a night. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like it just felt like there was a million faceoffs and they were losing every single one of them. And Ryan O'Reilly specifically was just getting beat badly. So guys, it would be hilarious to do a show of had the Leafs lost because like, again, almost all my notes are bad. Like I don't have a, I it, like, it's I'm a looking. lot of bad. That's going to get papered over here tonight because this just isn't the show to really bring that up. But Sammy, no. yeah, you're right. No, if Ryan O'Reilly doesn't reveal after the playoffs are done that he broke a finger, like I'll yeah. like, what do you want me to do? He's I'll shocked. take any bet with any person. Yeah, right. As soon as I saw him take that glove off and show the splint, I texted like a bunch of different players and people and go, why would he have a splint if his fingers weren't broken? They were like, uh, he wouldn't, his fingers clearly broken. Right. Um, yeah. So him losing those draws, it is a little scary because one of the things that I, they clearly unlocked in the series that was so powerful for them was having him drive his own line. And if you mm-hmm. might have to lose that because you got to kick him out to the wing, that presents some troubles for you down the line. So, yeah, it's absolutely a problem. It's a huge one at that. Like, but they getting need it Ryan done in six is massive for that. Like, you know, giving him five days till they play again to not have to take a draw, yeah. not going to make it better, but it's sure going to help. No. I wonder when. I wonder yeah. when they'll start. Probably Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. You got to think. What's that? It'll be fast. And they get screwed because they started on the second night and had multiple days off between. Like it's, it probably will be a quick turnaround. So well, they'll play game sevens tomorrow, probably two days after that. Yeah, yeah. So my guess Tuesday. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday makes a lot of sense. Yep, yep. that's my guess. Yeah. That's just yeah. uh, throwing it out there. But yeah, it's not like they're going to wait. They're not going to give them five days. No. I don't think. No. Like this no. isn't going to be a Wednesday start or a Thursday start. Uh, regardless, yeah, of obviously what happens in that next series. Um, any other big talking points for you guys in this game uh, just, before we get into some rapid fire? Um, is just uh, wanted to show my card of being part of Luke's troops again. I just thought oh, Luke Shen, Shen, brilliant. Just another brilliant game. No, not even close. Oh, not a chance. He answered no. the bell for them early in the round. Yeah. Or, and then, you know, tonight, the first five or six minutes, they're in their D zone. He made five good plays in the first six minutes. And he his, you know, he was good. His, his comfort with the puck has been such a pleasant surprise. Like he obviously is playing with Morgan Riley, who is playing out of his mind. And you kind of have to ask, this is a chicken or the egg situation, which is making which better here. I think they're really elevating each other, but like his, just that little back pass he's been doing to Morgan Riley to get on his, on his stick. And he's been using the glass. Well, using the boards, well, breaking it out enough. Like I've been so blown away. Like I was like, you know, nostalgic about him coming back. I was like, Oh my God, Luke Shen's back. He's so excited. Like, it's just, it's great to have him back. I wasn't expecting him to be their second or third most important defenseman out there. Like he's been brilliant for them. 
Yeah. Um, the cult, the, the big talking point when Luke Shen came here was the reason why he's automatically an upgrade on Sandine is that he'll take sitting in the press box yeah. without any guff. guff. Oh, guff. He'll just do it. And Double yeah, guff. the guff boys were, there's no guff. <laughs> that's that's a classic, like we had that were boomers. You mean guff. That just, that's the boomer dads telling us don't give them guff. Uh, yeah, Shen was brilliant like the entire series. And there's just so many things that he does, whether it's the box outs, whether it's the big hit, man, he had that staple on Maroon to start the mm -hmm. game, huh? And it just oh, yeah. Maroon's on at him before the game starts. And then he staples them and then he carries them to the boards and he just eliminates them. And guess how many times I noticed Pat Maroon from that point forward in that hockey game, a big old Sammy, you like to do the big old zero up here, Patty Maroon. Yeah. And you know, I, it's really, and it, it's, you know, we celebrating the people who did great, like Luke Shen, not meaning to take away, but it's tough to imagine Rasmus Sandin in this decor instead yes. of Luke Shen and how different the series might look. That's all. Yeah. Buddy, it's it's probably cried, over. It's probably over this way for the Tampa. Yeah. Quite honestly, if you cried over the departures of anybody that it was not like, <laughs> who did they miss? They Engvall miss an Engball. They miss an Sandine. Like, did you really no. feel like, boy, there was ever moments if Sandine was in this series, this would be really no. great. No, Luke Shen. I, I will like. It's pretty clear Dubas at this point has had a home run deadline. There's just no debating. No Whatever happens with those picks, they got out of the first round, and all the guys that he brought in have had massive impacts for them, except for I guess Lafferty. But he was the throw-in, right? Even McCabe tonight, like. Just throwing the body around, just fearless play from him was solid all game He's long. Time on ice tonight. Time on ice. Uh, second most minutes was like twenty one. Is Morgan Riley McCabe twenty six? Yeah, hmm. McCabe was awesome tonight. Like just steady. You feel good when he's out there, and I do love when he throws the body around. Like, like he has a clear impact on the series with that, and so the physicality, just the veteranness of it, the calmness of a lot of those moments. I thought you felt that through those guys in a lot of big spots. So very, very big for him. But yeah, none of the departures, I think, hurt you right now. Like, you're just not thinking about yeah. any of those. Guys. But nobody, including Sammy and I, the presidents of Luke's troops, thought yeah. that he was going to be no. this good. Like, there was no, no way no that I ever thought that he was going to be this spectacular, and I wasn't going to have to overemphasize it. Um, yeah. McCabe played 27-22 tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I, I missed overtime in that. Looks like yeah. Riley got up to 23. Yeah. yeah. So, rapid fire or big topic time? No, rapid fire. Rapid fire me, buddy got to be mentioned Leafs okay I'm, I'm just it, it's time for a ref talk all right it's ref talk time ah uh, I have to do it because to me it was a story in the game there is nothing more infuriating to me as a hockey fan with ref talk mm -hmm. than the Leafs getting two power plays to start the game which were dreadful by the way like should be noted that those were two of the worst power plays of all year just awful 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 stuff they're both clear tripping penalties. Like you cannot not call those plays. And then we go into the intermission and Elliot says, I'd be nervous because the refs are clearly going to even it up. And he's saying something that's correct. Like that is what's going to happen. I and then to our group right after the second one gets a penalty on a play oh that it was one of the worst calls I've ever seen. And considering like a moment of the Joke. game and just like, it's an elimination game, like horrific job. And Brandon Hagel gets missed later in the game. So maybe that, I don't know, that probably doesn't even it up for them because, but Brandon Hagel like used that, some like language that with the officials. They used some language with those officials. He called them, you bleeping bunch of bums. You're a bunch of bums. And I went, and you're right. On them, whoops. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because the idea that this sport, that you're not allowed to have more power plays than the other team, that there is some kind of thought that there has to be the evening up is it's the stupidest thing ever. Like it's so unbelievably dumb that we watch a sport that does this. And I was so pissed when Luke Shen took that penalty. I had like a refractory period of like five minutes yeah. where I was just like blood full boiling. Had the least lost the game because of that. Had Tampa scored on that power play. I like, I'm Tiger King. I never financially recover from this. Like I, I just, I'm not done. Well, Stamkos, uh, just like the classic bolts move. Just wha-bam snapping that head back bam bam like every time anyone goes anywhere near their head they're snapping Old JFK, back. Just snap oh it. my god they just snap all they do is snap like and even on the on the play all with right. with, with Hagel. no with Hagel when he got high stick no, sure he Hagel got, high, got stick. high stick that's a he did get high stick he got high stick but they like he, he got high stick and two seconds later wha bam 
high well bam like they're just back I, into the left back they are into the they left. are a diving crew and i know when you say that you know you when you're like oh that play happens a hundred times a game when you that's what you're like a criticism of penalties that play that luke shen did to stamkos that happens more than a hundred times a game that happens a thousand times a game but that is like the most nothing play i could not believe that i was beside myself and on the second one that they called on um brody did he get the second one where it was yeah. like they were kind of standing in front of the net and whoever he was tied up with just kind of like fell down and the somebody was cross-checking Samson off as it was happening and they're like ah yeah two for tripping i guess a couple of fishy ones but yeah it, it ended up not being the story of the game which is great but yeah if that had been a, a factor we would have been right back to like the five on three conversation from last year with the phantom high stick so i'm happy it wasn't a factor I will say, in my opinion, Toronto was the bigger benefactor of the officiating, given the haggle play was such a big, clear and mm -hmm. obvious one. Like, can't believe they didn't call that. And it has mm -hmm. like imagine the clean ice Tampa comes out with a power play to start the overtime period. Scary. It's huge. Like it's ma yeah. massive, massive miss. I just hate the idea of the evening up bull. Like it's just I, I it's, it's enough. The league needs to address it. They need to figure this out. And get out of that mentality with its officiating crew. Like you do not need to make this fair. What, what's the point of even having you guys here then if that's the case, like if it's a draw every time. Um, I got a, I got a quick hit uh, topic. If we're done on refs. Yeah. yeah let's um, do it. I thought the two times that Sheldon Keefe didn't have a great, you know, it was at risk tonight, you know, number three, Justin Hall. The only thing he's done all series was block Steven Stamkos yes. off the flank. He neutralized him. All of a sudden, there's no hall. Two get ripped. One of them off the ripped. post. They get lucky there. Stamkos gets rolling. All of a sudden, uh, Cooper gets a chance to put him out there with Sorelli and Kalorn. By far the best line on Tampa. Sorelli, Kalorn, and Hagley get Stamkos out for one shift against him. Keith's got Gustafson and Geo. And Willie and Nyes, four guys I don't trust defensively on the ice against that line to get scored on. So didn't, you know, I, I'm a Sheldon Keefe guy. He's a great coach. Uh, not his finest night to, for me tonight to get the win. Um, yeah, Fair. that, that really, really pissed me off when old Coop there is like Mr. Championship pedigree just makes an obvious, brilliant move to put Stamkos on that line in that spot. It's just a total feel of the game championship yeah. coach that Great just call. like he just did it and the puck goes in immediately. And I I had to take a, a lap. I took a I took a lap. No, I no, I legitimately like I took a walk. I was so pissed off that that worked out for Cooper. I just that's the sweetest part for me is Cooper being sad. Like I just that's all I care about. There's no way he being sad. being sad. No way. Yeah, I just I he was so far inside my I, I say on real Kipper and Born he's inside my kitchen slamming my cupboards drinking my beer giving Ali a shoulder rub like I yeah. can't stand John Cooper he was <laughs> living rent quiet noise part of the cabinet that they just goes <laughs> yes. hard now he's he's living <laughs> rent free in my head and the fact that they got past him and he was probably like I don't think there's any question he was the better coach in this series and for him to go home great bye bye John. Yeah, go yeah, go condescend somebody else for a change other than the media. Have fun. See well, ya, bud. The <laughs> best part about this rant is Sam is the producer of Real Kipper and Born. And they will 100% be sending a request out to John Cooper in the coming weeks to try and get on the show. And Sam no will have to be the point of contact. And I wish I could Derek, see you. Derek can call that guy. With, hello, hello, hello there, John. Oh, really break for your team. You you guys had a hell of a series. Thanks so much for making the time for our show been, today, sir. He's been on, Thank he's you, been on our show. He's like licking your boots, sir. Lickety lick, lick, lick. All right. You're on with Justin and Nick. Here you go. Three, no, two, one. Lickety clack. No, I will not. I will not be. I will not be doing it. I'm not doing it. Yeah. Not doing it. I will never talk to him again. Dude. I, you guys can have him on. You can great, uh, you'll get Kipper to call him. He's a great yeah. guest. Yeah. He I'll is, get Derek, uh, Derek to call him. He's one of the if not the best coach radio guest there is. And he actually does it. Like he yeah, shows up. But you're right. Yeah, he, he, loves it, he, loves, he loves the sound of his own voice. That's why he does it. He likes to just talk all the time and be like, I'm the Morning. smartest guy in the world. I'm the smartest guy in the world. I'm so smart. I'm smarter than everyone. Smarty, uh, smart, uh, smart. Take a uh, lap. Enjoy uh, the summer, uh, Squidward. New dangles. Gonna be 
Bourne, you better <laughs> clip some of this for your show <laughs> to have them on. I got one for you. I got one yeah. for you. Kucherov. Bark, bark, because you're a dog. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was awful. Awful. We're in the, the loose portion of the show now where Sammy just takes over with the fresh hater legs. We're, We're loose. loose Let He's fly, horrible. You know, Let fly. He was horrible the whole series. He was so he was unengaged. Non-factor unengaged. after game two. Unengaged. Like, yeah. just turning the puck over, not, like, hard on pucks. Terrible. Terrible series for Kucherov. And it makes me happy. Yeah, the, yeah, again, the best line by far. Alex Kalorn might have been the best forward for Tampa Bay in this series. That ain't yeah. good. I liked Point a lot, too. Yeah. Oh, and I really liked Sorelli. And Sorelli, Sorelli, to me, was just, if if they would have come back and won that series, his just defensive and then him and the Hagel line, of like being able to actually impose some offense in the games as well, yeah. mm-hmm. that, that would have been an all-time like leaf killer line to me those guys from that series right. so yeah tampa deserves credit oh. for that they deserve credit for headman uh the way that he battled through the the fake injury as sammy calls it but i think the real one for the rest of the rationally thinking hockey world <laughs> yeah it's like uh paul was yeah. so so close to scoring again tonight oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. in yeah. the third period yeah. like it was so close when it like landed on it, it was like oh no not this guy again not this ice age looking guy again yeah. If his, if his eyes were 5% closer together, maybe he sees that puck more clearly. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I, uh, Pick one. Pick one. The thing, though, I actually like giving Tampa credit because it just means more for the Leafs. Like, you beat a really good team. You found a way to beat a really good yeah. team. And that should be in their psyche is they won a series that they didn't deserve to win. And, you know, it's, it's funny. Like, some of the earlier – I shouldn't even say earlier days. Like, a couple of years ago with the Leafs, a little bit pre-pandemic – I thought one of their biggest issues was that they could go to sleep so much, right? But then the mm-hmm. discussion was they can go to sleep because they have the skill to still be able to recuperate from long, sleepy stretches. And yeah, Tavares' goal wasn't a pretty one tonight, but it's a lot of skill that ends up making that play get done before it. And mm-hmm. they have that formula where you should be able to win these kind of games where you get outplayed, you get outworked, the other team is sharper than you because you have all that all-world skill that's up top. The Morgan Rileys offensively, the Tavares as a goal scorer, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, who, by the way, like, yeah, if if, if the alternate timeline show of Leafs lose, it might have been the most, like, we would have gone full boomer on Nylander tonight. He oh, well, just most up and down, yeah, on the goal against, he's definitely got to sag back and just protect yeah. the house. But, like, this series was the most up and down for him. He made some great plays, had some good games, had some defensive gaffes that were worse than anything he did in the regular season. A little bit of everything for him in this season. You never knew what you're going to get. It was really a full William Nylander season encapsulated in in six games. Totally. Like, it it just, it it was just like every, you got the whole experience, the whole thing through six games. So, for sure. Yeah. Oh, uh, last thing, because we're mm-hmm. not doing a preview show for this. We'll just be doing our own podcast. So subscribe to our podcast, by the way, our other shows, uh, Real Kipper and Born, and then the JD Bunkus podcast, Monday at 9 o'clock. Uh, and then for you guys in the afternoon, if you want to listen live on radio and watch on YouTube too, you guys also stream it. Mm-hmm. So for the YouTube audience, you can yeah. follow along there as well. But um, going into the next series, do you yeah. now take – you take knives off the top line. Are you back to something a little bit more conservative considering the play tonight? Like how much of tonight's game are you using to design what you go into the next series with? I, uh, you know, I think you're looking, you're at the big picture here and I thought he slowed down in the series and yes. natural, right? Like it, he's been playing two games a week as a college hockey player. All of a sudden he's in his sixth game and 12 nights in the NHL playoffs. I thought he looked, not his best self still made great plays a number of great plays. Cause he's a great player, but definitely goes back to the third line for me. I love Ryan O'Reilly, Achari and Nyes. If you can get back to that. I, I think, I think this is a guy that you're going to really have to keep an eye on in terms of energy levels. Like you're alluding to there. I thought like he made an excellent play on the overtime winner. So you don't want to give, take away too much from him, but I really thought that he looked tired and that they were kind of, you know, targeting him a little bit. Like yeah. he, he just like they were bodying him and it just felt like he was going away a little bit. So I think he's obviously in the lineup down on the third line, but I do think there's a world in where you're playing in a next series and it's getting, maybe you're going to six or seven games yeah. where like it's a conversation about 
else coming out for him. Like I, I really do feel like the energy is something you're gonna have to keep an eye on with him because he he did look a really tired tonight. I thought. I still think he's got a big goal in him in the for playoffs. sure. No question. Yeah. No, I, I'm not like any lower on him, but I think born like yeah. you and I were texting quite a bit. He looked tired tonight. He just yeah, yeah like yeah. college schedule is apt and. He's had a lot. He's had a lot of roller coaster oh, rocky stuff. Yeah, and through the March Madness tournament there, and yeah, the yeah, kid was on the ice for all three overtime winners, though, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, that's crazy. He, he must have got an assist on that last one. So three assists in the series, like he was yeah. a contributor. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely, he was. No, he's not coming out of the lineup. That's not the case. I guess I'm making. I just wonder if, to me, I think what you're doing with the lines not is right away. Yeah. But like later, like later in this run, if they go deeper, like I could see a conversation where he's, he's not as good, right? Like, it's just the energy. Like it's a lot, it's a lot of hockey for a kid who's already played a lot and is pretty young. It's a, it's a different level of just amount yeah. that he's playing. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of grown ass yeah. men who yes. are beating on his body, like, mm-hmm. and uh, his tired body. That's been through a lot. I think mm-hmm. game one, if you're facing the Bruins, you keep Matthews and Marner apart on the road. And if you're, at home against Florida, you're loading them back up together with bunting again, and you're just trying to be your regular season selves and just try to outforce Tampa or sorry, Florida completely and just say, no, we're better than you. You don't have anything that you can yeah. throw at us that's the same as these other two p- teams defensively yeah. or uh, with a checking line. So, yeah, you're, we're just going with full bore regular season lineup. Uh, that's yep. the way that I see it right now. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, we'll- well, congrats, Leafs fans. Honestly, like hey. from the bottom of my heart, I'm so thrilled that you don't have to be a punchline tonight. Like you get to do the ones you are the ones who knock tonight. You know, like the rest <laughs> of the hockey world is terrified of a Toronto Maple Leafs run because they know the amount of shit talking that is going to go down. If Toronto is ever able to do this oh, thing, yeah. this first step, that 19 year nightmare is over again, almost two decades of not being able to celebrate this. You're allowed to do whatever the hell you want right now. And don't let anybody tell you different. You're not jinxing anything. You're not cursing anything. Mm-hmm. They won tonight, okay? That's yeah. all irrelevant now. That's the past Leaf fan mentality. Now it's about rolling forward, winning games, celebrate, <laughs> and not doom casting every single game. Like, that's the way it should be tonight. That's It feels so good. That That's honestly the the main reason it feels so great is to not have to, like, talk about, like, voodoo anymore and, like, curses yeah. anymore. It's like it. this first round this first round thing, it's just over with. And maybe they'll yeah. lose in the second round or whatever. Maybe they will. But it's just to not have to talk about this first oh, round series thing not, is... To not have this core and never win a round. Because if they didn't, Sammy, someone was gone. Nylander, yes. someone. They couldn't run it back. And to not have to have had this core with no success is a I, gift. I can't. I, and I could not have done Monday game seven, fellas. I could not have handled that. So I'm glad that happened tonight. I'm just so happy for fans, man. Like I just, yep. again, yep. this is a really passionate fan base. They get clowned on all the time because rich guys steal all the seats in the stadium mm-hmm. and the rest of the hockey world is super jealous. It's true. It just, it is what it is. Like a lot of the other teams are jealous of the coverage that Toronto gets, the attention that their players get. No question. You have so much money around their team versus the rest of the league. Like they're the biggest league of the big leagues of the clubs. And yeah, a lot of the fan bases hate that they get a ton of attention given that they've been these losers when they win. Of course, like the, I get the jealousy. I understand the jealousy. I'm just saying that it's, they're always a soft target. It's always an easy target. And then there are all these like diehard fans who have just grown up and had every connection like, or so many connections in their lives with this team to somebody, whether it's been a friend, a family member, you know, like whether you started watching games on a couch with your parents or connected to a grandparent through the Leafs, whatever, like a friendship that you forged in high school or college or whatever the hell, those experiences that you've had, the losing, all that crap. It's just like, these are the nights where it's like, you just get to be happy with your friends that you connected with this team. And this fan base gets to be happy. I'm so stoked for everybody involved. Like so unbelievably. I got to tell you, I cannot wait to go through my phone right now. Like I just looked at my phone. I have, I have, I have legitimately like 45 messages, messages, my phone. (laughs) Like Like, I can't, I, I, like I just, the woodwork, the people that are coming out of the woodwork right now, it's 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 a beautiful goddamn thing. I cannot yeah. wait to go through it's like it. It's your own funeral, Sammy. It is. Like, <laughs> it's just crazy. 
That's I'm like, awesome, boys. This is what Justin Bieber feels like is getting this amount of text all the time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you get, bing, bing, bing. People just always constantly blow it. You get one night where you get to feel like it's a lap. Yeah. You get, everybody should take screenshots of their phones with the amount of text they get, especially if you're like trying to date and trying to show uh, a member of the opposite sex how popular you are. This is the night to screenshot the like. This is crazy. I love it. Five unread text messages. <laughs> I'm in demand. All right. That's a smart move. Let me give that tip out. Anyways, love I love you guys. I love Leafs Nation. I'm so happy they got this thing. Go done. Leafs, go, baby. Go Leafs. Thumbs up button on the YouTube channel uh, or on this. Yeah, on this video. Share it when you see it on Twitter. Follow us on social media at JD Bunkus, at JT Born, at Sam A. McKee on Twitter and on Instagram. Shoot us a note. Let us know how you're celebrating. I always love seeing those videos. I love seeing those pictures. Like, I love it. Like, those are the best. And yeah, keep them coming. More content to come. And Leafs talk after every single game. So subscribe to the podcast and follow on YouTube. We will see you next week for round two, the second oh round. God. Let's go. More content. Leafs, <laughs> Let's baby. go. Leafs playoff hockey continues. We'll see you then.